This is Faith. And this is Addie. And you're listening to Mama Bear Connects. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Addie. <laughs> me, 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 me. How is everybody doing today? I hope they're freaking wonderful. I hope so too. My heart goes out to all of you guys. Bursting straight out of her chest like a rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little scary. (laughs) So today we are going to be talking about athlete parents and sports parents and how parents should be with their kid playing a sport and how kids feel. So when parents act certain ways with that sport. Or any sport. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we feel like it's very important since Addie has been getting into sports and playing basketball and cross country. And she's thinking about trying out for volleyball. Or the swim team. Or swim. Or even tennis. Yeah. I don't know. All the things. All the things. I think you would love the swim team. I want to do it so bad. That'd be so fun. And can you imagine how tan I'd get in the summertime? Well, you don't ever swim outside, though. I know, but like swim practices and stuff. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you would love it. It'd be so fun. So our goal today is just kind of touch on what we do to help support Addie and then things that Addie appreciates with us and how we support her and also things that she wishes that we could improve on or do more of or be better at just so we can have a real conversation about things. And there mm-hmm. may be things that we need to improve on or not. I don't know. It'll be up to Addie. Ooh. <laughs> that was a weird hiccup. <laughs> kind of really hurt <laughs> in your chest. Yeah. So I wanted to start off with a quote that I found and it is by Michael Jordan. <gasps> and he says, just play, have fun, enjoy the game. Yes. And I think that that really goes into anything that you do. Mm-hmm. If you just play and have fun, you're going to enjoy what you're doing. So I saw that and I felt like that was super important to share. We are going to be using some information from this website called competitiveedge.com. It's called Parent Coaches, 13 Steps of Being a Winning Parent. Uh, So this will be kind of helpful in instrumenting what we talk about today. But first, Addie, highlight of the weeks. Okay. Um, I honestly don't remember anything. Um... I think just playing basketball and when we built the basketball hoop last night and for over like five hours outside and I got some burnt from it. We both did. <laughs> My face feels a little a little bit like leather. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Um, because I like to be tan in the wintertime because why not? And I don't know, just spending time. Uh, Like, dinner last night was really fun. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. What about you? I think my highlight is playing basketball with you at the gym. Yes. I was – that's what it was. Yeah. That was so fun. It was way, way fun. And I am not the greatest at basketball. But but you left 
being so much better <laughs> than when you came. Yeah, I was turning into a professional uh, <laughs> by the time we left. So Addie is a great coach and tutor Aww. helping me improve my skill. And I'm really excited that we got the hoop up so yeah. that we can continue to practice shooting. And I got a pump for the ball. Yeah. And I learned how to dribble in between my legs. Which is awesome. Yeah, because yes, two days ago when I first tried it, not first, but like was like really I was want, trying. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I was tripping over the ball and tripping over myself. But then yesterday <laughs> I was like, I'll just do it again. And then I did it and I literally turned to you and I was like, Did you see that? I did it. <laughs> it was funny. It was awesome. And your shooting just in the last couple of days has improved so tons. much. It's crazy. I'm excited to see that confidence come yeah. into you and see you improve in areas so that you can be a better support to your team. Mm -hmm. So I love that, Addie, and thank you for sharing your highlight of the week. Thank you for sharing your highlight. Of course. <laughs> of the weeks. Of but that was, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. That's terrifying. Visco girl. Visco. Did you hear that? I suddenly went like visco. Did did you even notice uh -uh. when we listened back? Oh boy, I kind of just stuttered it. We're both pretty visco-y. So the first step it says on competitiveedge.com is to understand your child's competition is their most valuable training partner. Honestly, though. So <clears throat> what this is leading to is basically that if your child can, can compete against themselves then and in a healthy way that they'll be able to be competitive in other areas and truly competition is a good thing in all aspects of mm -hmm. life it's not just in sports. sports there's so much stuff that you can compete with in yourself like if you have deadlines at work or at school, if you have other things that you have deadlines for, assignments do, things like that. If you're competitive with yourself, you'll have that drive to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, it gives them a boost in self-esteem and the ability to see what they're capable of. And that is quite beautiful. And it also states in here, your child should never be taught to view his or her opponent as the bad guy or the enemy or someone to be hated or destroyed. Do not model this attitude. Uh, try to make it more like their friends that you're playing with mm -hmm. and have an attitude that way rather than make him like, go crush them, just because you want them to have a positive outlook of whoever they're playing against and showing a positive modeling a positive attitude towards a competitor is going to help your child in the long run. Yeah. And every game we have, when we first were in, when we're in the locker room getting ready and stuff, we're like, yeah, let's destroy them. But like, ob obviously we don't mean it literally. We mean like we're going to do our best and blah, blah, blah. And um, then once we get out there, it's like, they're just like us. We're just playing against them. Mm -hmm. It's a game. And we just have fun. And it's really, it is really fun. Yeah. Yep. And the last thing it says in this step 
is to root for great performances, good plays, not just for the winner. So just ensuring that you're showing encouragement for all sides, not just your child. Make sure to cheer on their teammates, even the other team yeah. players when they do a, a good play. It's important to show that respect and that encouragement along the way. Yeah, I think it's really great because we have some parents on our team that, like, the parents of the kids on the team, that when we're playing in games and stuff, they always, they know all of our names somehow, and I don't understand that. And because there's, like, it'd be hard with us running around all the time, and they haven't even met us, Mm -hmm. but they know, and they just yell out, they're like, nice, like, nice shot, Addy, or nice job getting down, blah, 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 but like, it's really nice hearing someone else, like an adult that you don't know, cheering you on. Mm-hmm. And Addie has a lot of mentors at her school that come and uh, support her at her games, too, which is really, really yes. awesome. So <clears throat> step two, we kind of touched on. It was just more talking about the uh, encouraging your child to compete against his or herself. So we'll kind of go over that and then also I think it's really important like every time we play a team we learn from them like it's not just all if we lose it's not like oh crap we lost we suck they're so much better it's they did this we can work on it Mm -hmm. and once we find out what they did and we learn it ourselves we get so much better that doggies won't be quiet. The There's one last sentence in step two that I really like. It says, when your child has this focus of competing against themselves, they it helps them focus and play better themselves instead of beating someone else. They'll be more relaxed, have more fun, and therefore perform better. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing when I reach out to Addie before her games – that I am not able to make it to, I always make sure to say and make sure to have fun. Yeah. And so that really, like, I want that to be her focus. I don't want the competition to be her focus. I want her to focus on her improvements and the fun that she has while Mm -hmm. doing it, which is very important. Step three says, don't define success and failure in terms of winning and losing. So with that, what it's saying. I just think with this one, what it's saying is that when, like my team, when we lose, we call it learn. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we lost, but we also learned, like I said before. And yeah, I think it's just really important to know that you don't succeed by winning. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there and try things that you've never done before, you're never going to be successful at it because you're not going to try. Mm-hmm. And it does take multiple failures to improve. And so you can't be afraid of um, like going head on into a failure because that's how you improve yourself mm-hmm. as a person. And honestly, like, there's always, I feel like there's always a highlight of a game or like something that they did 
good that they see in themselves that reflects them as their own personal winner but if their parent is saying that they lost then they're going to completely ignore the fact that they did something they were proud of mm-hmm. and just see that their parents weren't proud and then they're just not going to care yeah that'll really be a discouraging blow to them mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we not that we're great sports parents because we're learning Um, But one thing that we do try when Addie's team does lose is to say, but what did you improve on? Like we try to find out what things that she learned or things she improved on personally and kind of help her take the focus away so much from the losing aspect. But she's pretty good with that on her own. She tries to find the positive in any of the interactions with her games. So that is something that I admire about her. And I like, it's something that I'm learning from Addie to be motivated by the different things that I can learn from with failures rather than focusing on, wow, I really failed. Yeah. And that's really important. It is. It's pretty fantastic that you as a 14-year-old understand that aspect of life. So step four is be supportive and don't coach. The very first sentence in this paragraph says, your role on the parent-coach-athlete team is as a support player with a capital S. You need to be your child's best fan unconditionally, Leave the coaching and instruction to the coach. Provide encouragement, support, empathy, transportation, money, help with fundraisers, etc. But do not coach. Why is that so important, Ad? Well, I personally just think it's really obnoxious when parents start trying to take over the coaching. And it always just like, it can hurt the feelings of the players on the team and it can be embarrassing for the kid whose parents are doing it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't personally relate to that because you guys keep to yourself, which I appreciate a lot, but like it's hard because especially because the kid is affected so much with what their parent does and the way their parent tries to control things and also it can rub off on their kid, and then their kid starts to try to control the coaches, and it just doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. One thing that I thought of with this one, and it may be further down the line in the steps, but one thing I was thinking about is how, like, if there's a difficult thing or your athlete is frustrated about something, you as a parent want to jump right in and go straight to the coach to be like, Hey, what is going on? Why are you benching my kid for all the game? Or why don't you let my kid shoot? Or why don't you let them whatever? Uh, As a parent, you want to jump in and reach out to the coach yourself. However, it's an important skill, unimportant. It is an important skill (laughs) for your child to face conflict and be brave enough to go um, confront their coach themselves. That's one thing that Addie is uh, needing to work on a little bit 
well, not work on, but that's like a something that she is focusing on is just being uh, more confident enough to just to confront if there's a situation that needs to be solved, solved, talked about, addressed. That yes. was the word I was coming with. Uh, so that was another thing that I had thought about with yeah. that. Yeah. Also, I feel like kind of like if you're having a hard time at your job or something, your kid's not going to go talk to your boss. Mm-hmm. So I think of it like that. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> they're like, think of it at like your kids sees their sport as one of their biggest responsibilities and going to talk to their coach is like talking to their boss mm-hmm. and it's scary, but they need to be able to do it themselves. And so let your kid take that responsibility to get out and try it. Because mm-hmm. especially nowadays, face-to-face communication is dwindling by the day. And so kids really aren't very confident in face-to-face interactions. So add a little bit of conflict into that and they're definitely not going to feel safe or able to go address, especially an adult. It That in itself is terrifying as a kid. Like if something's going on that you're not comfortable with or afraid of or whatever, trying to confront the adult in the situation is scary as a kid. I also think being open to having your kid come and talk to you about Mm -hmm. what they could say, because I personally am terrified. Like I hate conflict so much. Like I don't, I'm not the kind of person to get angry. I cry. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a cry baby, but yeah, I hate fights. I hate any arguments. Mm-hmm. But so one time there was a time I was talking to my teacher and um, I was upset that day and I really needed to leave to go to the counseling office to talk to my counselor. But they like it was really hard because I was trying to talk to them and tell them what was going on. But then I just like lost it. And I said some things that shouldn't really be said. And I really apologize. I, I apologize to them for it. But, um, yeah, I think kids, their brains aren't fully developed to deal with big things by themselves yet. And one night I was having a really hard time and I told my mom and she came up to my, she came up to my stairs. She came up <laughs> the stairs to my room and I was like, I was just going to try to work it out on my own because I know, like, this is something I need to work on. And then you told me you were like, but that's what I'm here for is Mm -hmm. to help you. And so, like, that is a really big thing, like what you said. Kids need to have the skills to go and confront something, but parents should always be available to help their kids, like, to guide them. And you have to let your kid fall even though it's painful. Yeah. That is one thing that I learned from our son because I, this isn't a skill that I was just gloriously blessed with. This is something that I've had to learn. And I did not allow my son at first to fall and make his own mistakes. So I'm really grateful for the skill that I've developed and, and being able to one, put it into play with his life, the older he gets. And then also 
model it so that when he has kids and when Addie has kids, that they know that that's something that they appreciate in parenting skill. Yeah, I like to think at like think of it this way. Like my brain just popped up with it. Um, when baby birds are learning to fly, they always fall first. Mm-hmm. And the parents can't stop their kid. Like they can't hold them while they're falling. Mm-hmm. But they learn as they're falling to fly. Yeah. Mind blown. That's beautiful analogy. Thank you. I love it. I thought so too. <laughs> so pretty. So pretty. <laughs> So we're going to take a break real quick for our wonderful sponsor, Anchor.fm, and we will be right back. And we're back. Hello. Michael Jackson. Ah, so fun. So we are on step five. What? Remember when I used to like say that I could make the noises Michael Jackson did? Uh-huh. And I'd be like, because <laughs> I thought it was so cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. That's so funny. <laughs> so step five is to help make the sport fun for your child. That is something that is super important because if a child stops having fun and they start to dread practice, what's going to happen? They're not going to enjoy anything. Like, the sport won't be something they look forward to. Mm -hmm. It's like forcing your kid to do piano lessons when they hate piano or um, something Yeah, similar to that. You can't force your kid to love something that they don't enjoy. Yeah. Like, what we said way back, I don't even remember what episode it was, but... Like, parents can influence their kid, but they can't make them an exact replica. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you have a kid, but you can't make them the person you wish you were, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, you can't be like, oh, I wish I did this when I was young, so I'm going to make them do it. Yeah. I think it was the Mama Bear and Addie Connect episode. Maybe. I I don't know. But I think it's really important to know, like, of course, you can offer it and be like, hey, if this is something you're interested in. We can try it. I thought it'd be really cool to do when I was younger, but I never got the chance. But, Mm -hmm. like, I'm giving you the chance to do it, but I'm not going to force you. Yes. So, yeah. And when when you start noticing that your kid is dreading something or withdrawing from something, that's when you need to step in and investigate why your child is feeling the way that they are. You can't just shrug it off and be like, no, you're, this is your responsibility. You have to do it. Like Mm -hmm. that's not going to motivate your kid in any sense of the word, especially if they enjoyed it before. And then all of a sudden they just like, don't like it anymore. Mm -hmm. There's something, there's a reason why. Yeah. Yep. And, and maybe they just need a break from it. Right. Like Sports can be stressful, trying to keep your grades up, trying to stay in shape for everything, the, all the practices, like, stacked with all the schoolwork and stuff you have. It can be stressful, and sometimes you just need a break from it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, your your kid's a human just like you. When you get overwhelmed, you don't want to be pressured into doing something you're stressed out about. Mm-hmm. So just give them a break when they need it. Yeah. And along with that, supporting them not like make them feel bad for the decision of missing a practice or 
whatever, if they wanted to sit out a game or something like that, instead of being like, I cannot believe that you chose to do that. You can be like, I honor and respect your decision. Like, mm-hmm. and leave it at that. Yourself. Yeah. And self-care is number freaking one in life. Exclamation point. Serious though. I had an employee that needed to leave on Friday early because. Sorry, a kid just like he's whacking down weeds with a skateboard, I think. Oh. On top of a canal. Okay, sorry. Distraction. <clears throat> Bird. Squirrel. Back. Bird. Bird. <laughs> um, so I had an employee that had come to work and he wasn't feeling very well. And so I had to convince him like his self-care is way above and beyond more important than his job. And that he taking care of himself will ensure that he's able to come back to work and, and be healthy and be in a better position. So really self-care is number one always. Mm-hmm. always always and encourage that in your child kids don't know the importance of self-care typically so model the behavior and help motivate the behavior in your children that's an adult with a leaf blower not a skateboard <laughs> oh i was like how is a skateboard making leaves fly <laughs> he was fanning it so fast <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's really good information there. Very. Just make sure to honor and respect and love your child for choosing to self-care sometimes. It's necessity. It's necessary. And wait, that's okay. And it's valid. Don't discredit your child's feelings. Mm -hmm. Don't make them feel bad. Don't pressure them. Don't do anything. Honor their feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Emotions are for real. Mm-hmm. And they're more likely to continue to rebel and go the opposite direction if you're going to continue to pressure and be negative. Very likely. Yes, completely. Uh, step six is whose goal is it? Is it or it's your child's sport? And Addie touched on this um, just a bit ago about if it's something that you wanted to do when you were younger but never did or is this something that your child is really passionate about? Yes. So just make sure that you're not forcing anything, mm-hmm, not forcing anything and allowing your child to choose. We had no idea. And really, I don't think Hattie did either had any idea in her interest in sports and not competitive things. Yeah. When I first started basketball, I was like, I'm not the competitive type of person. Like during practices, I apologize for bumping into people, but now like she's scary oh, to play with. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm terrifying. I'll go up on some other girl on a different team and she backs off because like I when I'm de- playing defense, I will get up on her, stare at her, scream at her, or I'll jump at them. And I'm just like I'm very speedy too. Uh-huh. So and I never really thought of myself that way, but it's fun yeah like it's so fun yeah she is wild to watch and play against (laughs) just just like I got a tiny little taste of what she does on the court when we played the other day I was like holy crap she's scary and she's also like a head taller than me now so when I'm trying to block the ball from her she's shooting it's like totally pointless (laughs) for me to jump up and try to block it but just make sure that 
that you're allowing in any situation, like I said, with um, musical things, sports, whatever, make sure that it's your child's Even decision. Even like school things, mm-hmm. like at my school, there's FBLA, mm-hmm. Future Business Leaders of America. They go and compete against other schools or like mathlete groups or battle of the books, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, it can be competitive in some way or another. Yeah. Especially, and, especially when the main competitor is themselves. Yeah. And <clears throat> allowing them to make the choices for themselves rather than saying you have to do this. Say, do you want to do this? Or is there something else you're more interested in? And honoring the curiosity in different subjects rather than forcing a subject on them. Step seven is your child is not their performance. Love them unconditionally. This is a huge one. Very, very. Your child does good enough beating themselves up if they didn't perform as well as they expected themselves to. They do not. I repeat, children do not need you as your as their parent to make them feel worse about how they performed. Because guarantee anything you say, they already thought of, mm-hmm. and it's going to stick even harder because you said it. Somebody they love, admire, and adore is telling them how horrible they did. How would you like it if... You as a parent, your kid, like Addie said earlier, you don't go and talk to your kid's boss or the kids don't go and talk to your boss when you're having a rough time. But what I was going to say is, how would you like it if you didn't do well at something? Like, I know that I've been not so great about following my like my word with my kids or do making dinner or doing house chores and stuff like that. And I know that like I beat myself up enough, but then think if my, one of my children came up to me and is like, mom, you really, really do a horrible job at cleaning the house or you do a horrible job at making dinner or like you always make us fend for ourselves or whatever. And like, as a parent, that would solidify your thoughts more. If your kid came to you and said, you really are bad at this. So why and I'm sorry, but why the hell would you do that to your kid? That's not something you should do and you should never do. And it's something that will destroy your child's self-confidence over time and very quickly. Mm-hmm. I saw this thing that was like, when you talk negative to your kid, they don't stop loving you. They stop loving themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true, especially like you said, like, as a parent, uh, <clears throat> as a parent or a guardian, you're some you're someone that they look up to, and if they hear negative things coming from you, a wise person, much older than them, not much older, but someone older than them who's been through more, like they believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a sentence in here that says a child loses a race, strikes out, or misses an easy shot on a goal, and the parent responds with disgust, anger, and withdrawal of love and approval. It says, caution, only use a strategy if you want to damage your child emotionally and ruin your relationship with them. You don't realize 
that you speaking to your child like that. And kids, if you're calling your parents out on stuff too, you're emotionally abusing your child or your parent. Mm -hmm. And that is not okay. So keep that in mind. You love your child or parent unconditionally, no matter what. And think about if they were to do the same to you before you open your mouth and make them feel crappy about themselves. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, they already believe that. Mm -hmm. Like they tell themselves, like everyone I'm sure has had a negative Mm self-image before. And it's not easy dealing with it yourself and having the voices in your head tell you that you're not enough. But getting it from someone else really like makes you think, wow, I really suck. I'm a crappy person. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't understand. Like, what is the point of beating other people up and tearing them down? I I have no idea. I wish I had an answer for you. It's so dumb. It is. And it's wrong. Step eight kind of goes right along with this is remember the importance of building self-esteem in all of your interactions. As a parent, like I said, you need to model the behaviors. So if you're modeling self-esteem, your kid's going to learn self-esteem. You can motivate self-esteem. But if you're constantly beating yourself up and you're modeling a bad self-image, what are your kids going to do? They're going to follow suit. And you're going to start seeing your kid tugging and squeezing and pinching their bellies and analyzing every flaw, I say in quotes, of their their body. And that is not a way to help build self-esteem with your child. And also, like... Going along with that, it can be hard to get out of the habit of looking down on yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're working on that, like, I'm a, I'm extremely proud of you. And it's not easy just to look at yourself and be like, dang. Because mm-hmm. after a while of looking down on yourself, you can't automatically flip the switch of loving and adoring everything about yourself. So if you're working on that, freaking yes, go you. Yeah. And that is something that I have really struggled with my entire life. I've had really bad self-image for a very long time. And just over the last couple of months, I finally have a screw it mentality of I am beautiful. I am strong. I am capable. I am motivated. Like there's so much love happening with my body. And I know we've touched on this before, um, But Addie and Rylan see me more confident and see me more happy and loving toward myself. And I am seeing in turn confidence turn in them as well. So don't discount that. Like your kids are paying attention to how you feel and how you act and how you react. So pay attention to that in yourself so that you can help model and motivate them to have good self-esteem. And especially in the teen years, their bodies are changing. They may or may not have blemishes on their skin. They may have weird growth spurts and they have tall body, but tiny feet or huge feet and a small body. I don't know. And that's going to make them feel uncomfortable or young men that are, their voices are changing. Like that's an awkward thing for them to go through sometimes. And if their parents are 
mocking them or making fun of them or making them feel worse and more self-conscious about it, then they're not going to be okay with it. It's Mm -hmm. just going to get worse from there. So, and that goes right along with sports. If you are motivating your child to play well and tell them how awesome they are, regardless to anything, that's only going to build their self-esteem and give them the ability to see their awesomeness. Step nine, teach your child the gift of failure. Why is failing so important, Addy? Because you're not going to win at everything you do. Mm-hmm. Like my math test that I just recently took, I don't know if you saw my grade on it. Yeah, you probably shouldn't look. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fail it, but I got like a C on it. But I was so confused. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad because I have no idea what's going on in that class. Yeah. So I'm going to retake it and hopefully get it through my head. What's going on? Because <laughs> everything she teaches kind of flies over my head. Math. Ooh, yeah. It's not my Ooh. favorite thing. But, yeah, you're not going to succeed in every single thing you do, no matter how freaking awesome you think you are. Like, you guys are all really great. You guys are all amazing. Mm-hmm. But know that you're going to fail. And you know what? People say epic fail for a reason. Seriously. Like, you learn from it. And it's not going to be easy, and it can be hard. But, yeah, failure is important. It is so important. And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah, one thing, one sentence that he says in here is, fear of failure or humiliation causes one to be tentative, and non-active. In fact, most performance blocks and poor performers are a direct result of an athlete being preoccupied with failing or messing up. So that, it just makes me really sad that kids, because I too have had a massive fear of failure my entire life. And that's one thing that like, I've missed out on so much in life. Like, I haven't enjoyed things that are like scary to me because I just think about the scary side. And then after going to Thailand, it was like, there's really nothing. Yeah. Like it is amazing to fail and to learn the lessons that you need to learn so you can improve. And in here, it also says you can't learn to walk without falling enough times. And my niece right now is learning to walk and she falls over and over and over and over and over again. But that's because she gets back up. Yes. And she has a smile on her face every single time. And she has this little cart thingy that she rides, a little pony thing that has wheels. And she was riding it. And then she was trying to get off of it. And she just slid and just smacked right onto her bum. And she just kind of like, <laughs> and climbed right back on. So <laughs> kids are the best. I know, right? So take a lesson from that. Like kids don't give up. Like you don't see babies going, well, like I can't walk. So I guess I'll I just guess sit I'll never here. walk ever. Yeah. You just, you don't see that. You see the drive in them. So keep that in mind. Step 10 is challenge. Don't threaten. Uh, this is something that is ridiculous parents that utilize this as a tool using fear as a motivator is one of the worst dynamics that you could ever do for your child. 
threatening your child. I was going to say threatening. Threatening your child is not okay. Threatening your child or trying to motivate with a bribe or. Actually, bribes sometimes help though. Well, yeah, but like if it's like, Like if if you mess up, you're not getting. Dinner. Yeah. You have to sleep outside. Yeah. You're not getting ice cream with the rest of the family. You're not. Whatever. But if it's a bribe, like like when dad bribed me with the stuffed animal to do my first roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, I did it. Yeah. So just make sure that you're not threatening your child just because you're, you're not seeing that they're performing in a way that they want you to perform. They want you. You want them to perform. Because threatening them is not going to motivate, like we said earlier. Like, you can't motivate your child by making them feel like crap. Mm-hmm. So The only motivation with that is motivates them to not even try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it says in here, further implicit in a challenge that is empowering belief. I think that you can do it. And that is huge. Kids to your parents, parents to your kids. If you tell somebody that you think that they can do it and you believe in them, they can. And they will get more confidence from you um, and for themselves. Stress the process, not the outcome is step 11. So again, we've touched on this. I'm like, we've touched on this. (laughs) It's boots and cats. (laughs) Boots and fart. Boots and fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just make sure that you're really stressing the whole process. Like, okay, if you get the ball, where what do you, you go? Do? What do you do? If you have an opportunity to shoot, what do you do? Um, not, oh my gosh, you got the ball and then you just stood there. Or you tried to shoot and it hit off the rim. What were you focusing on? Like, <laughs> you can't do that like Addie and I we shot for like an hour and a half the other night and the whole time if Addie was shooting and she kept missing I was right there saying you've got this just keep going and if I was shooting Addie would say mom get out of your head just shoot slow down focus so like Addie was helping me trust the process and not the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, really awesome and a good lesson, again, from Addie um, to just motivate people. Step 12, avoid comparisons and respect developmental differences. Do not, I repeat, do not compare your child to anybody else, period. Period. Because I know I, as an adult, have really had a hard time like, oh, wow, they're so flexible in yoga or they're so skinny or they're so athletic or whatever. Like I could never compare to that or she's so pretty, whatever. Competition is the thief of joy in a sense. I mean, sorry, not competition. Comparison is the thief of joy. You need to teach your child to not compare themselves. By doing that, you're going to model a behavior of, you did really well today. End of story. Not, wow, so-and-so played so much better than you. Yeah. And I think, like, it can be there to, uh, like, what's the word? 
you can use comparison at to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed the way you played. You played hard. You played really well. But did you see when so-and-so got the ball and she did this and that? Like, we can work on that together. We can practice it. And, like, I kind of think of it as an Oreo. Mm-hmm. Like, the cookie is, oh, you did so good today, blah, blah, blah. And, like, your team did really good, especially. But, and we can practice that so you can start, like, Yeah, I'm struggling to explain myself, but yeah. And make sure that you're supportive in like what Addie was just saying. Hey, Addie. I will help you do this. I will help you practice. I will help you. (laughs) Our cat's puking right now. We'll just try to tune that out. (laughs) Okay, he's done. Um, I have to clean it up. You really threw it back. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he did the booty bump. Um, and then, yeah. So just don't compare, please don't compare unless it's constructive. If you have constructive criticisms for your child that are not comparing them against someone else, then by all means, go ahead and do that. But if, if it builds them up, if it builds them up, but and if, do and not if you tear think, them down. If you think it'll build them up, but it has the opposite effect, like talk to them about it. And like another thing is be open to going to your kid or going to your parent and being like, I thought it, like, I understand you had good intentions with this, but it didn't really help me out. Or going to them and be like, I had. Like, I had good reasoning behind this, but I see that it affected you negatively, and I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, own up to being a yeah, jerk. Yeah, apologize. If you're a meanie, take, like, you got to understand, everybody's a meanie sometimes. Yeah, and your kids are not going to know how to be um, humble if they be don't humble. see their parent or mentor being humble. humble. So take time to apologize if it is warranted. Warranted. Yeah. The last step that it's listed in here is teach your child to have perspective of their sport. It says parents need to help their children develop realistic expectations about themselves, their abilities, and how they played without robbing the child of his dreams. Swimming a lifetime Best time and coming in dead last is cause for celebration, not depression. Similarly, losing the conference championships does not mean that the sun will not rise tomorrow. The world isn't over if you lose. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Just it, gives you another opportunity yes. to improve. Once the sun goes down, you have a new day. And you have the moon that still gives you some light. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. The moon doesn't shine without the sun. Be a son. Be a son. Or a daughter. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I do. Jokes. So, yeah, just just be motivating. Be somebody who's there for your child. Don't force <laughs> sports on them. What? Just imagine me falling off the stool. Oh, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, do you have any... Nope. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. We addressed a lot of important stuff. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting us. If you guys want to um, share 
with your friends, please do make sure that you have subscribed to your podcast so that you know when our newest stuff comes out. And also with the OIC Media, their YouTube channel, they have our podcast done in ASL. So if you have any family members or friends Friends. that are um, part of the deaf community, they have put this together so that they can enjoy podcasting as well by signing our whole podcast. So we're very excited. Again, it's the OIC Media. And if you just search Mama Bear Connects on YouTube, you'll be able to um, see our friend, uh, one of the videos of her signing, and then you can go and like and subscribe um, to their channel. So we love and appreciate all of you guys. Have a fantastic week. Thank you again for all that you guys support us with, and we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. See ya.